and welcome to She Thinks, a podcast where you're allowed to think for yourself. I'm your host, Beverly Hallberg. And on today's episode, Kim Russell, the former Oberlin College head women's lacrosse coach, joins us to share her experience when she spoke up in support of female-only athletics. She's going to detail for us the harassment and silencing she experienced from not just administrators, but also students when she shared her views and how that has led to her being removed from her coaching role and reassigned to a new position. Kim Russell has been a coach for 27 years and joined Oberlin's coaching staff in 2018 in her new role as a, quote, employee wellness project manager. She will no longer interact with the student athletes she loves. So, Kim, first of all, I wish it was on better terms, but thank you so much for joining She Thinks. Thank you so much for having me. And before we get into your your experience and where things are currently, I just wanted to learn a little bit more about you and your journey that led you to a career in coaching. I'm assuming you've always had a love for sports, correct? I have, yes. Probably since I was three, when my brothers used to take me along when they would pole vault, and I would just jump in the pits. So my first love was actually gymnastics from doing that. How did you get into lacrosse? Uh, in seventh grade, where I went to school, um, they had both field hockey and lacrosse, and I switched from gymnastics to playing both of those sports after school in seventh grade. And you have coached for quite a few years, as I just mentioned. Um, you started coaching at Oberlin College, the women's lacrosse team, in 2018. What drew you to this institution? Um, it's kind of funny. At that point, I did not think I was going to go back to college coaching. Um, I had coached for five years at Baldwin-Wallace University and had left there to go down to IMG Academy in Florida and start their um, girls lacrosse program. And um, the then head coach at Oberlin reached out to me and said, would you consider coming back to college lacrosse? And I said, mm, not sure. And then the athletic director, Natalie, reached out to me again and had a conversation with me. I still said I didn't think so. Um, and then I met, at, went to Oberlin and met with some of the coaches and decided, okay, um, I think I could do this. I think this could be a good place. Um, I knew that I could wear the outfits I like to wear as a woman to coach. Um, I knew I could coach barefoot there, which I love to do. And um, I met a couple of the players at that point and thought, all right, this is a great program. Um, let's try it. Right. And before we get to the post that you put up last March, were you following this pretty closely, just men competing with women in sports? We've had Riley Gaines on this show, who, of course, was famous for competing against Leah Thomas. Is, some, is this something you had followed closely and had wanted to speak out on, but had held back until 2018, or excuse me, until past March, this past March? Yeah, so actually that post I made was in March of 2022. And what had happened was um, I kept watching and thinking, somebody's going to stop this. Like this, this can't be, we can't be allowing a male to be winning women's sporting events. And so um, I just kept an eye on it. And then when Leo was able to compete and win in the NCAA division one championships, I was blown away. And that's when I made the post on my um, which really was actually, I was reposting on my personal 
Instagram story, uh, someone else's post. And then my words that I added to it were just, what do you believe? Um, I can't be quiet anymore. I've spent my entire life playing and then also starting and coaching sports for girls and women. I think it's interesting that you even mentioned earlier how you played with your brothers growing up. I would assume that you know very intimately that how men can compete is very different than women, correct? Absolutely. I grew up in a neighborhood, too, where my best friend and I were the only girls, and we were tiny. We were younger, and we were tiny, and played everything from kick kick the can to Red Rover with the boys when we were little and, you know, got hurt sometimes, right? Yeah. Yeah. so yes, very aware. Yeah, very aware. And when you made this post this past March, were you at all hesitant to post it? Meaning, did you think that the backlash you've received is what you would receive? No, I really did not think that would happen. Um, you know, I know that obviously I've been working at Oberlin for years. I know it's very progressive and I've coached multiple athletes who identify as trans. Um, and I treat every athlete, every person I come in contact with, with respect for who they want to be. Um, it doesn't mean that I believe that anyone who is a male should be competing in women's sports. Right. And so why don't you give us a play by play of what happened when you posted it? What, was it a student that saw it? Uh, maybe someone who you coached that then alerted the university? Yes. So it was one of my student athletes and actually one who um, was a senior and I was very close to. I had coached her for four years um, and was just blown away that she didn't come right to me and just say, hey, coach, you know, why, why would you post this? What what's up? Instead, um, she went directly to the athletic director, um, screenshotting the post and sending it in an email. And so what did the school do at that point? Uh, The morning of, so the post was on March 20th of 2022. So not this past March again, March of 2022. And March 21st, early in the morning, I got a text that I needed to come in for a meeting with the athletic director and the assistant athletic director. Um, And in that meeting, um, I was told that I needed to have a meeting with my team Um, there were, it was, it was not a good meeting. I can tell you that the meeting with the AD and the associate AD was not a good meeting. Um, the meeting with my team that afternoon was about 45 minutes of a small group of them, um, really angry with me about the post and really angry with me about that. That was my belief. Um, and in that meeting, one first year student, freshman at the time had the courage to speak up and she was immediately silenced to the point that she actually walked out of the room. And at the end of the meeting, the assistant coach said, well, why didn't you just come to either Kim or to me? And they thought that there would be some retaliation from us, which seems absurd since we've never done anything like that in the past. And then the, um, Moderator who was with us, who was another coach, said, you know, I think that the way you all are passionate about trans rights is how Kim is about women's rights and Title IX. 
and they just didn't want to hear any of it. When you said you had one student who did stand up and defend you, what, what did she say to her teammates? She said, you know, I think this is where Kim's coming from. And again, spoke about being passionate about women's rights and the ability for women to play. Yeah. And so you spoke with the student athletes that you coach. You said that the you had uh, officials from the administration speak to you, but this led to the disciplinary meetings. If I'm understanding correctly, this wasn't the end of it. The, the Correct. meetings with you continued. So what happened next? So this was in the middle of our lacrosse season. So that was on a Monday. Um, the team got to decide that coaches were not going to be at practice that day, which I also, you know, have a little, issue with. Um, and then we had a game Wednesday, a game that Saturday. Um, so we were coaching and playing and putting all of this beside, you know, behind us. Um, I got a call in on Monday again, Monday morning, and was told by the AD to come in for a meeting with her and with the associate AD again, um, and told that it was blown up. And that now, it has affected the entire athletic department um, that people were calling me transphobic and transgressive and unsafe. And this blew me away. Um, she also in the first meeting had said, I don't even know what to think about this. And then in this meeting, she said, wow, um, you know, I'm so blown away by, Leah Thomas's courage. And when she said that, I knew that I was in trouble. <laughs> what did that signal to you? I mean, I agree with you, but what went through <laughs> your mind when you heard that? Obviously, she had been coached or at least talked to somebody in the administration who told her to say that, or at least I would assume. Um, I just knew that, that it, it was going to be a tough road, right? Yeah. Um, and especially her saying that I was being called transgressive, transphobic, and unsafe just was, to me, a, a just absolutely insane, in, in insanity, ridiculous. Um, again, people and, and athletes who identified as trans would be in my office crying about whatever and you know, being open with me with whatever problems they were having. I was a safe space. My office was a safe space. Right. I had not changed. Nothing about me had changed. I am just standing up for believing that women should be playing women's sports and men should be playing men's sports. And a trans woman is a male. Males make sperm. Females make eggs. That's the difference right there. That's like the biological, difference. biological difference. <laughs> right. right. So I was um, told there would be another meeting and that in this meeting, um, the title nine director for the entire college would be moderating it, moderating it. The athletic director would be present. Um, the DEI uh, liaison from athletics would be present and the entire team and the entire team would have the ability to say anything they wanted about me um, or our assistant coach that they liked or didn't like. Um, and I, whoever they were talking to would have to repeat back everything they said to make sure that the person speaking knew 
that the person receiving the information understood them. So something that struck me as odd is that this meeting that you're just talking about, and you had a previous meeting with your student athletes, but that you have administrators and students in there, almost as if the students, or I shouldn't even say almost if, the students are scolding you as well. It's not just the school administration. It's actually students. What did you make of students being allowed to be part of this? Um, It was, (laughs) that's what I would say is, was the burning at the stake. Mm. Um, When students are given that opportunity to just in the presence of administrators uh, say whatever they don't like about you and they're already angry with you because um, that you believe something that they don't. Um, it was to me very sad, um, not just for me, but to watch the girls do this and to know that this was being encouraged by administration as a healthy way to have a conversation because it wasn't a conversation. Well, I want to take a brief break to ask you, our audience, a question. Are you sick of the extremes in politics? Want a fresh look (laughs) at the policies impacting you most from a nuanced perspective? Then I got a show for you every Wednesday morning. The Base Politics Podcast is tackling the top stories of the week and helping listeners keep up with our swiftly moving political landscape, hosted by Hannah Cox and Brad Palumbo. The Base Politics Show is dedicated to teaching you how to think, not what to think. You can find it on your favorite podcast platform by searching Base Politics or go to basepolitics.com to learn more. Kim, coming back to you, and by the way, that po- that podcast is great. It's where people can say what they want to say and they don't get punished for it. You've been punished for thinking a certain way and also for speaking up about it. And like you have corrected me a couple times, this post that you put up was from not this past March, the March before. Did you ever get asked, and I'm assuming you, well, you probably didn't, but this was the I would assume something that you said when people were attacking you, this was on your personal social media site, right? This was, this was not a school site. This was not the women's lacrosse team's Instagram page. This was your own page. When you talked about this being your own personal page, what was the response? That I am a part of the institution and so that anything that I post or say um, can have an effect on my job. What if you had posted in favor of Leah Thomas? Would that have been called out? Is that getting political? No, that would have been celebrated. That would have been celebrated. So have you seen other um, staff post on their personal sites about their own political leanings? Um, I don't follow any of the other staff (laughs) on uh, social media, um, except um, the woman who was my assistant, who is now acting um, interim head coach. Now, when you were in this, this meeting, this disciplinary session, you had staff as well as students scolding you, telling you what they thought? Were they trying to get you to believe something different? What was their their goal? Was the goal just to shame you or was the goal to try to get you to retract what you had done or both? Um, they definitely wanted an apology from me. 
um, right? They were looking for an apology for my actions. And um, they were very angry that I did not believe that a trans woman is a woman. Um, and there was a lot of talk about just that over and over again. And the, the kind of feminist that I was um, wasn't enough. And so I want to talk about you being willing to speak up. Obviously, you didn't back down in the face of what you experienced in that situation. But you recently shared your story with IWF in a new documentary, his full-length profile. And the story did so well, it went viral, gathering 1.5 million views on X, previously Twitter, alone. Why do you think your story resonates? I, I believe because this is... Um females are being erased. Women are being erased right now. And what we're looking at is why do we even have women's sports? Why do we have Title IX? And why do we have any legislation for women if we are going to let men be a part of it? Um, it's, I think, so many people, um, this isn't about not supporting people in whatever, whoever they want to be. But if you are a male, you have biological advantages in just about every single sport, um, in strength, in speed, and in stamina. And we could get into more detail, the lung capacity, the bone density, the um, muscles, but it is so important, I think, to so many people that women and girls have these opportunities and also have safe private spaces, which also goes along with this. Both of those, this isn't a political, this is not political. Right. This is about women's rights. This is about keeping women and girls safe, whether that's on the field or in those private spaces. Um, I have not seen a um, male try to play women's lacrosse, for instance. And the idea that if they were to take a shot on goal, they can shoot upwards of a hundred miles an hour in girls and women's lacrosse, we wear no protective equipment except eye guards. In men's lacrosse, they wear helmets and pads. And I think it could be tragic as far as the kind of injuries we could see if men or males started to play women's lacrosse. Um, but it, it is not just for that. It is for um, the opportunities that are now being taken away, the opportunities that were taken away for women when, when taken away from Riley Gaines, taken away from athletes at UPenn because Leo was allowed to compete on the women's team. So yeah. it's over and over again. Now, I'm sure some people want to put you in a specific political camp, say that you must be right wing or fill in the blank of whatever term it is. I assume you would probably not think that people would refer to you that way, just knowing you in your day to day life. Has that been kind of surprising <laughs> that people think of you as being very political? 
It, yeah, it is funny. Um, <laughs> I am probably the most apolitical person, although lately, yeah, you're right. Everybody thinks certain things about me now. Yes. <laughs> Did you ever consider apologizing? I'm, I'm sure it was just I can't imagine how upsetting this whole thing was for a wide variety of reasons, many of which I probably haven't even thought of yet, just so many different aspects of it. Did you consider ever apologizing? And if so, what made you stand firm? Um, I did, actually. So when um, Natalie asked me to or told me to, I needed to apologize to both the team and the athletic department, that night um, I started to pen a letter and I wrote it out and then said, wait a second, I, I'm not sorry. I'm sorry that people aren't understanding this, but I'm not sorry for my belief at all. I will stand on this, you know, to the day I die. I believe in women's rights. Um, I believe in protecting our girls and women. And so I, I said, no. Um, the next day I came in and said, I, I will not write a letter of apology. I will have a conversation with anyone individually with a team. I will have a conversation with this entire athletic department because what I also think that some of um, the Gen Z don't understand is how much we fought to get the ability to have the women's opportunities, especially in sport and girls opportunities yeah. in sports that we have now. I was five when title nine passed, but my coaches and people from the generation just above me were still fighting at that point to get us the funding, the teams, the coaches, everything to be able to play. Um, and it's because of that, that girls and women have so many opportunities today that we do. And it's really amazing. And at this point now they're being taken away by men. I know since you didn't back down that there was a lot of, there were many uphill battles that you faced at Oberlin College. The last I saw you were still at Oberlin College. You can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but they took your job away and they gave you a new position, which was called Employee Wellness Project Manager. Tell me a little bit about where you are in your job right now. Are you still at Oberlin in this new role? And what do you make of this transition, this reassignment that you had of a job? Well, I have taken PTO uh, since that announcement was made. So personal time off to be with my family, um, to talk to people who I'm close to about what is best for our family and for me for this next step. Um, I am supposed to return to campus next Monday um, to talk to them about that next step. As you look back on this journey this past year and a half and all that has happened, some may be sitting at home listening to you. Maybe they work in women's sports and they've been afraid to speak up, even if they agree. Anything you want to share with them about this journey that you've went through and whether or not you think it's worth it for them to speak up? I would love to. So, yes, I... I would do this a thousand times again. I believe so strongly that the problem is that so many people are afraid to speak up 
and that what we need is more people to speak up because you can't imagine the amount of support that I've had and love literally pouring in to my email, to my, on my phone, texts, phone calls, um, direct messages. Everything has been positive. Everything. I've had one troll on Facebook. That's it. Everything else has been positive. And it has been emails that are long emails saying, you don't know me, but from current Oberlin students, from Oberlin alumni, from a man in Texas whose mother went to Oberlin and he started the first lacrosse team ever in New York um, at RIT in New York in the 60s and just wanted to tell me how great it was that I was standing up for women in sports. Um, honestly, it has been so heartwarming and so humbling, uh, the support from other coaches, from women, from men, from kids all over the world. Um, so I've had someone from New South Wales, Australia reach out, from Ireland, from Germany, um, all over. And all over the United States and from every, the number of people who've said, I am liberal, I am, you know, and I don't understand this. Right. This is a basic women playing women's sports. It's a women's rights issue. And as you said, this is what women have fought so hard for. And so I know all of us at IWF are so thankful for you, but I know people listening to this program are thankful for your bravery. I know that when it comes to higher education, often the voices of a minority opinion can drown things out. I think the average person realizes that there's a difference biologically between a man and a woman, and um, people should always be treated with dignity and respect. But when it comes to sports, it's women versus women, and that is a women's rights issue. And so we thank you for standing up and also for joining us today and sharing your story. Kim Russell, thank you so much. Thank you. It's been my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. And thank all of you for listening to us today. Before you go, IWF does want you to know that we rely on the generosity of supporters like you. An investment in IWF fuels our efforts to enhance freedom, opportunity, and well-being for all Americans. So please consider making a small donation to IWF by visiting iwf.org backslash donate. That's iwf.org backslash donate. Last, if you enjoyed this episode of She Thinks, do leave us a review, our, our rating or review on iTunes. It does help, and we'd love it if you shared this episode so your friends can know where they can find more she thinks from all of us here at iwf thanks for watching